Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stick! Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do a casual creepy hi this morning. Uh, it wasn't creepy. Oh, let me try again then. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's my New Year's resolution, um, increasing the creepiness of my highs to people. Oh. I know. It's a new, it's a new vibe for me. Hello. I'm going to be using this podcast as my sounding board, if everyone's fine with that. Well, it's what it is. Is it not? I mean, they have to be, because they don't get a choice. <laughs> <laughs> All the listeners out there. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, hello, Lindsay. Uh, Hi, Sean Patrick. How are you today? I'm great. It's actually quite a nice day. It, I thought it was going to start off like freezing cold and it's not that bad. How's oh, that really? for optimistic? Yeah. It's not, that's where we're at now. How are you? Not that bad. Not that bad. Not as bad as I was five minutes ago. Yeah, now I'm slightly better. The uh, not so dump- walking dumpster fire? Is that what we call it now? Oh my gosh. So so our la- for if anyone's just randomly listening to this episode, our last episode is called I'm a walking dumpster fire. I've gotten <laughs> so many people say like me too. You know? I'm also a walking dumpster fire. <laughs> I think someone actually sent us uh, a perfect emoji combination of a dumpster yes. and fire. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Meg. Trash can bomb. (laughs) Trash can bomb. Oh, that's a whole other one. I like that. Yeah, that's a smaller scale. That's like just a little, like mini breakdown is a trash can bomb. And then you work up to being a full dumpster fire. Walking dumpster fire. Yeah. That's even worse because the last thing you need is a dumpster fire that's moving around. It's hard to contain in that way. Got it. Anyway, this means nothing. So how's your morning been? What have you been up to? Well, you went for a run. Yeah. I'm doing the couch to 5K, which I've never done before because usually I'm okay to just run 5K. Like, I don't love it, but I can do it. But I'm just getting old. It's like, oh, my hamstring hurts. My knee's been hurting. Um, but it's going okay. But it's like, God, it's, you know, new aches, new pains. They, they become, they become uh, impasses when one wants and- to start a new thing. And don't you find that it's worse because we're not out in the world? I feel like it's my aches and pains are worse because I'm like sitting all day. Like you're not like going to pick mm. up from school and going to grab a coffee. So there's not oot like the boot. walking. You know? Yes, yeah, the oot and a boot as Canadians like to do, right? Oot and a boot. Where's the walking? Where's the oot and a boots? So you need a bigger house. That's the problem. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get true. a bigger house. A lot of stairs, but get a bigger house. Yeah. Are you doing like a program? Is this like a Nike thing or? Yeah, it's actually been around a while. It's called Couch to 5K. Oh, it actually is called that. Yeah. Oh. Let's first talk about how I hate running. Um, But for some reason, I feel compelled to do it. What it does, so I I downloaded it. It was free. And I would always use, uh, what was it called? Map My Run. 
which is good. Um, but I think I needed the motivation of, okay, slow down, start slowly, you know, get back into it. And, uh, so it asked me a few questions and it's like, have you done this before? Do you do this? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it starts like me like- Like what kind of questions? Like, you know, have you ever done distance running before? And, oh, you know, it didn't do you ask do cardio? You like, did you drink wine last night? <laughs> Can we skip <laughs> that part? <laughs> that's the paid version. Um, oh yeah, that's the, when you, you unlock that. Yeah, I have to choose to unlock that. But anyways, it just asked me the questions and then it's like, okay, you're ready to go. And it moved me into like, it's an eight week program. It moved me into like the middle of week five. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't. The option to move yourself back? You can. (laughs) And I did this morning because it was like I did it on Sunday and it was really good. You know, no problem. And then um, my knee started hurting and my hamstring. And then I thought, uh, you know, give it a rest. And I did other stuff instead. And then t- today I just was like, I got to do this. Um, so I was really careful, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I feel just... like there needs to be more qualifiers in this kind of survey, not being like, have you been long distance running? Right now it should be like, did you drink wine last night? Did you Are stand you up yesterday? Pandemic? Do you have <laughs> any <laughs> symptoms that make you feel like you might have COVID even though you don't have it because that's just your normal body functioning like a runny nose? Or <laughs> do you have you been locked inside with your kids for... A year, in which case you're probably run away from your house faster than you, you might just, normally. You just want the one-way track. You don't want the loop. <laughs> yeah. Are you interested in running back home? If not, that's we need to know that. Please move to workout three. <laughs> Have you been eating nothing but candy since October because you've been locked in your office, in which is also your bedroom, and you've been hiding all the Halloween candy in there? Okay, we're approaching the fire. You're getting too close to the dumpster fire, Lindsay. Yeah, that should be a question. Ari, do you feel like a walking dumpster fire? <laughs> do you, do, would you want to be A, a walk, a running dumpster fire? B, a simple, uh, what was that? Trash bomb? Um, hey, listen, we, it, I, we would be remiss if we did not talk about what yesterday was. Big inauguration day for our, our friends to the south. Yeah, we're thinking of you guys. It was a pretty Get awesome that day. Get out of there. I keep thinking, he's gone. I keep thinking, um, you know, when's it the right time to post that? Am I wrong or was yesterday uh, a rebranding for the United States? Yeah, I think everyone is hoping so. Exactly. But they they conveyed it. They made a good story about what, what, you know, it was, it it felt good. Maybe that's why I got drunk with my American sister. Oops. Yeah, celebration. Mm -hmm. Celebration. Okay, that's the end of my smoothie. I must admit, (laughs) yeah, good slurping. I must admit that the... I feel like political people are going to get mad at me about saying this. My favorite part of the inauguration was the fashion. Yeah. Have you, you seen? Like that? Yeah, dude. It's it was kind of like a presidential like Oscars. <laughs> like there is there's content all over the place now with everyone's outfits and Lady Gaga with her. That was um, pretty wild. Yeah, her cosmetics recommend like all that kind of stuff, and I was like, wow, this turned into a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the, well, I, I, I thought of Hunger Games when I saw her because of the, the, the bird on her chest. Yes, sir. It was very Hunger Games in a good way. Wasn't it? Yeah. It felt like it was like a dove of peace or something. We should look into what that actually was. Yeah. Let's Google it right now. Lady Gaga inauguration brooch. Oh my God. (laughs) Do you know the put a bird on it skit from Portlandia? Put a bird on it. It's, that's what she did. She put a bird on it. What's a, what is that? Google it. It Put is a, a dove. She wore a statement dove brooch. Brooch. 
That's the zhuzh like version a brioche. of a brioche. It's like a brioche bun turned into a pin that you can put on your top if you like carbs a lot. Oh, yeah. Cool. The singer wore a custom, I can't even say that word, Shia Pirelli Haute Couture designed by Daniel Rosebury. The outfit comprised of a navy cashmere jacket with a featured fitted bodice and high neck. Lady Gaga opted to keep the look simple with her jacket fastened, making a statement with her brooch. The statement jewelry was a dove carrying an olive branch. Very symbolic. Right? I love that. Because wasn't the dove carrying an olive branch? Never mind. I'm not even going to go into the biblical well, she says, posting about the brooch on Twitter, the singer wrote, a dove carrying an olive branch. May we all make peace with each other. Boom. Lady Gaga killing it again. She's the best. I know. I love her too. Isn't she? Yeah. You know, in my branding exercise that I do, um, she's one of the personal brands I call out of, you know, personal brands that really have weathered the storm. And she's definitely one of them. Reinvented yeah, what herself is a few it? times. Sean Patrick, wise guy, what is it about her? Is it the reinvention? Well, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Uh, a little bit. I think she listens. I think she listens to her fans. I think she's really tapped into what's going on around her. And she she brings that into her story. She's engaged. She She knows what her fans love. And she just does shit about that. Yeah, I also think it's shit she wants to do. Like, she's just... She yes. listens and then she authentically engages. It's not like she's trying to transform into something that they just want. It's like she seems to really be living her true self and, and resonating with people and just like connecting with them based on what they say that resonates with who she is. Exactly. And then choosing the bits of her that she feels are relevant to the needs. You know what I mean? Like like you said, right. yeah, it's not just, oh, what do they want? So go do it. Is, oh, what are they looking for? Where are opportunities for me to make a difference there? And how does that allow me to stay true to who I am? And there she is. Boom. Oh, what a vision. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go put a brooch on. I need brooch. to sass up these track pants. <laughs> brooch. I, I feel like you've never worn a pair of track pants in your life. I am wearing these cutie little harem me pants today. Uh, yeah, it's not the same. Is that track? No. Oh. Yeah, like you'd say, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I wish I showed up to this podcast in what Lady Gaga was wearing yesterday. <gasps> I should have done that. Right? I'm really losing it here. <laughs> losing your edge? Well, then let's get that edge back. Let's do this. Lindsay, what are we here to talk about today, this beautiful day in January? Okay. We are talking about listening. Listen up. See, Lady Gaga's like, can you stop singing, lady? <laughs> Um, yes, so I got this email that, again, got kind of Sean Patrick and I riled up. Um, the email newsletter that it's from is called Raisin Bread. So this is, uh, this is a little email newsletter that I like to read. So we'll share it in our, in the references of this episode. But the topic of the email was like, it says, you like your 2021 marketing plans, but will your customers... And I'm like, hmm, interesting. I always think about that from a strategy perspective because we're kind of like over here making the plans. And then it's like, you know, how are customers actually reacting to the plans that we're making? And what this email was saying, it says, in an ideal world, marketing is a conversation, part telling customers about your business, part listening to their stories, 
In reality, though, listening often falls by the wayside. Boom. And Caitlin, CEO of Customer Camp, which is a very cool company that we can talk about later, wants to change that. She recommends marketers not just buy behavioral data and send out surveys, but also have actual one-on-one -on -one conversations with their customers, almost like dot, 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 human beings. And I was like, ah! yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love this. It's, it's the, I think to give perspective is you and I, our job has always been to sit in rooms with marketers who love their brand, right? And yes. are very excited about the success of their brand. So, and our job is to give them what we think they asked for, that we think they want. And so we go off in a room and we come up with all these great ideas. And how often in that is it like, does anyone say, but wait, is this, is this really what customers want? So it's, it's a, the assumption we tend to often make. And I think, you know, we said it last week, you know, and this is why we're talking about this today is to say, you know, right now it's about brands need to listen to customers. They need to understand what's going on with them and they need to build their brand while they do so. And I think this is a, an, you know, it's kind of what led us to this topic where the first thing you need to do and you can do it now at no matter how big or small your company is to just listen. And what does listen mean in this world, uh, this time, you know, Lindsay, what, what does listening mean? For our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Even coming off of what we were talking about last time, it's like in the absence of forecast and trends and things that you feel like you can rely on because the world is so uncertain and it's hard to forecast, what, what are you supposed to do about that? And then when we're reading this email and hearing the notion again of listening, we're like, yeah, listening's what you're supposed to do about that. So to answer your question for people who don't necessarily know about what listening is, it is what it sounds like. It's actually talking to people and listening to conversations and listening to comments and listening to engagements and actually having one-on-one -on -one or group conversations with groups of your customers to talk to them about their experience, about what they're going through, about what they want in products, about their lives, their lifestyles, how they engage with it, how they buy it, how they consume a product at home, but maybe how that's different than how they actually buy it in person. Um, and that's what listening is. And we're huge advocates of listening because we find that it really helps you get away from not only what people are doing, it's important to understand who the people are and what they're doing. So and how they're feeling. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind the of sentiment. the difference, right? It's about yeah. what they're doing, but more importantly, it's why they're doing it. Yeah. And, that, and, it's, and that's where you can really dig into it. And it's, it's like, it's what we would call more the qualitative kind of data, the qualitative kind of input that that allows us to go deeper and, and understand things and measure what we call brand sentiment. Um, you know, numbers don't tend to get into that level of, of depth. And I think, you know, when you and I started out in social media, that was what was really interesting is it wasn't about quantifying the data as much as it was about qualifying it. Um, because we, you could always quantify in different ways and different measures, but what was really different about social media and that whole sort of idea around understanding what people feel, for the first time ever, they could freely share how they were feeling. So like you said, listening can take a lot of different forms, and it's really about just stepping back and trying to understand the conversation, right? Yeah. Don't jump into the conversation. Don't be that person at the party jumps in and says, hey, Sean Patrick, VP sales and shaking hands and, and kissing babies. It's around really just 
<laughs> walking into the room, getting a gauge, who's there, listening and trying to find opportunities, just like Lady Gaga does, to really say, well, I have something to say here. And I think people will appreciate hearing from me based on the sort of things I'm qualifying, the sort of reasons behind why I feel I can engage. It's it's a very social thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes you're a bit nervous about it because you're like, oh, I'm not going to necessarily take what one person says mm-hmm. as gospel, right? But when I was reading something about this yesterday as well, the way that they were talking about it was like a treasure hunt. And like social media is kind of like that. Um, qualitative surveys and things are kind of like that. It's like, what are these little treasures, like niche insights that we can pull from comments and engagements and what people are saying that can help change the way that we think about the brand? So you're not necessarily taking, you know, 45% of people buy body wash on a Sunday at Amazon. It's like, well, why? Like, why are they doing that? What is yeah. the thing that's actually leading them to do that, not just what they're doing? And a lot of the times we find we run into something called a say-do gap. That's kind of something that we kind of address in Insights Collection and that kind of stuff that says what people say they will do is one thing and what they're actually doing is kind of another thing. (laughs) So an example would be if you're developing a pasta sauce, for, for instance, and people say, oh, well, I buy pasta sauce, you know, once a week because my kids eat pasta all the time and I always go into the store and I look for the label I like and I put it in the cart and I go. And then if you actually go in and stand in front of the pasta sauce shelf in a grocery store and you watch people shop, not creepily, of course, naturally. Well, you can be creepy. You've you've made that choice. (laughs) Naturally. Not creepily with my trench coat and sunglasses on. You'll never notice me. Your fur onesie and your white sunglasses and your fur. I blend right in. Yeah. So you're standing there watching people shop and you can talk to them like, hey, why did you choose this sauce over this sauce? How many times a week do you actually buy this? Why did you just put four in your cart instead of one? And you can really start to talk to people and get into what some of those treasures are that can say, you know what, people might say they buy it once a week. They actually are doing something called pantry loading where they see it on sale and they throw a bunch in their cart and they're not buying it for six months. Especially now, right? That must be, that's happening a lot more. Exactly. And sometimes people not they might not know that about themselves. When you're no, asking them, how often do you buy it? They're like, eh, my kids eat a lot of pasta. I probably buy it once a week. There you go. I buy it once a week. And those insights might not necessarily be true because what people say and what they do are oftentimes different. So mm. that's where listening can be so valuable. It's like, get out there, talk to people, actually follow up with someone who's purchased your product, talk to them about the journey they went through. How was it? You can find such interesting little treasures in there that can help really find some niche insights that can change the way people shop your brand. The way I look at it is it's that idea of start with some data. Do start with the quantitative. Do start understanding, like don't just start asking questions. Really pay attention and start gathering opportunities to learn more so that you can understand as a brand how you can better connect with them, how you can better appeal to their needs. So it's that idea of now, especially for brands being an emotional connection is what they're trying to do with consumers, is start at a level that's like, we know you, right? Like we understand that, you know, that you do this. You start at that very clear level of, I know something about you. Then you have the opportunity to truly ask questions that just by virtue of those questions you choose, you're engaging them. Do you know what I mean? 
Yes, definitely. Like, it's the not quantitative like, what's, what's helps you understand who to talk you? to. Yeah. And the qualitative is really helps you understand the why the behind why. what those people are doing. Right. And that's, you know, that's so timely because that's exactly the kind of stuff brands need to do right now is understand better because it's a fickle world out there. And we've, we said this last week is, you know, if you're not taking the time to listen and understand your consumer and, and with that, based on what you find out and based on engaging with them, how do you build your brand accordingly with the right people and be, and be authentic to them? That's really kind of the goal you should have. And today it's about, you start with listening. It's actually a practice. Um, it's a practice that's very relevant and, and daily for Lindsay's world. Correct. When you're, when you're talking about big brands, listening is often one of the key services you provide. Is it not? Yeah. For, yeah from definitely. An agency. Definitely. I wouldn't do any sort of recommendation without listening. There's no way that I could tell you a way to go or interesting paths that you may not have thought about had I not taken the time to do that. And the biggest thing I would I find with brands and stuff is it's is just that it's taking the time to do it. It's figuring out how you're actually going to go and actually talk to people, whether it's standing in a grocery store and watching them, which you 100% should be doing, or whether it's spending the time to go through the social media channels and comments and, and pull out some of these things. But then even once you've spent the time to do it, it's knowing that you're actually going to do something with the information. But with clients and with brands, and if you're a marketer or a strategist trying to figure this out, it's the difference between saying you're a customer-centric company and wanting to be it and actually putting it into practice because it's the time required and also knowing what you're going to do or that you will even do something with the information that you find. Well, I think it comes down to, you know, put your money where your mouth is. A hundred percent. Right? It's where are budgets going to go and these budgets that have been frozen, no one knows how to spend their money. And that was kind of where we got frustrated last week with these forecasts that are really not any benefit for the long term. Um, it, it's around companies, CPG companies, brands, all of them are going to have to make that pivot to say, you're going to need to spend your money differently. And listening is, as an example, is one place to say, so if you're going to pivot and say, we are becoming more customer centric than we ever have, then right now it's about that's that doesn't happen for free. That's not just changing people's roles and, and getting people to focus on different things. That's an investment. And that's a fundamental. It's a commitment. Pidget. Pidget. It's a pidget. A pigeon? Yeah. Is this a dove brooch thing again? <laughs> it's a pivot. And with pivots, <laughs> start at the top with big shifts in where you invest. And I think this is where, you know, Lindsay will tell you, if you don't start listening to your customers, what will happen? Well, it's like right now when you're not sure what customers are doing. So if you don't start listening to what they're actually doing in the moment, in next week, the next week after that, then you're your brand is going to end up falling on deaf ears because it might not be as relevant as it could be. Yeah, I think you said they're fucked, but maybe we should take that out. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, we said we said that in the conversation. Remember we were talking Was about that this? Last and you're night? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, in the name of authenticity and transparency, I did say that. And I do believe they're fucked if they don't do this. <laughs> yeah. As objective as we can be, it's kind of true. So how do you listen? What are some of the practices that like literally are practical for people to take away with this? Yeah, I would say it's not hard. Like the first part is really um, 
integrating as part of your process that you are going to do this. So the next time you want to create a new product, the next time you want to redesign your website, the next time you want to do any of these types of brand initiatives, put in the process of, okay, if we're going to create a new pasta sauce, I'm going to keep going on that train because I love carbs right now. It's the winter. I'm hibernating. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you have to say, okay, as part of the beginning of this innovation process to make a new product, we're going to actually go out and listen to people. And then you're going to say, how can we actually do that? We have channels in which we can listen. We have social media. We're going to do a scrape of our social media platforms to see what people are talking about. We are going to go into actual grocery stores. We're going to stand in the aisle. We're going to talk to people about why they chose one over another and what they're looking for. We're going to observe their behavior. You may have an email newsletter. You could say, right. we're going to send out a survey. Like surveys are still valid. And pasta sauce is obviously a very cheap and cheerful example, but like buying a car, call them after. Yeah, yeah, because they're clearly low. There's, they're, they've made a commitment to your brand, right? Yeah, so how was yeah. it? Did you, how was the experience? How did you first start to decide that you wanted it to be a Ford? You know, all of these yeah. questions are completely valid. And if anything, your customers are going to thank you. And even that moment of asking them how it was, you're building brand loyalty right there, even by just asking. Really, even in asking them and the quality of the questions themselves is deepening the relationship because it's like one of the best ways to show that you want to listen and you are listening is to ask the right questions, just like a conversation at a party. You know, people I find the most engaging are those who, of course, absolutely seem engaged, but they're asking me questions that I'm excited to answer. It is like, oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So, so like you said, just gathering that information is just as powerful from a loyalty or engagement standpoint as it is the data you get from it. I completely agree. And showing people that you're listening, like a little quick example is I got an email the other day from Alicia Keys skincare brand. I'm doing a lot of skincare research lately uh, for one of my clients. And the email said it was from Keys Soul Care. That's the name of the brand. And the subject of the email was, you asked, we listened. That was it. And I was like, exactly. what is this? And I was like, cool. So I opened the email and they had launched a fragrance-free version of one of their skincare products. So I'm like, what would have led them to that? They would have just listened to what people were saying. I'm sure even if you're like, okay, I can't phone my customer who just bought a pasta sauce. That's unrealistic. Okay, go online, look at and reviews. And creepy, and creepy. Can I just give you that? Is it? <laughs> it's not creepy. It's strategic. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's yes. my next tattoo. It's not creepy. It's strategic. Love it. Yeah, right? Like they must have been listening to the reviews, to what people are talking about, to any social content. There must have been people saying like the fragrance is too strong. I don't want fragrance. So bingo bango, they released a fragrance-free version of that product. Like it can be as simple as that. But the fact that also then they use that as a key message. You said we listened. I'm like, yeah, that's a cool brand that's actually paying attention. As long as they do, right? Because they'll get called out if they say that and don't. Well, yeah, they did. Like they did the action before they said it. It's not like we're a customer-centric brand. Tell us what you think and we'll do something. And they never do anything about it. They did the action before they showcased the message. Okay, so I sent you a link yesterday, and it's just something to park for later. A term that's that I hadn't heard of, 
Um, and it's called story doing versus storytelling. So story doing is the new storytelling. Do you love that? Dang. Uh, I yeah, that. that's kind of what's happening. Brands do something and then talk about what you did and engage after it's done. Not understand your consumer, talk about your brand to that consumer. You know, it's not that. Yeah. It's story doing. It's the new thing of 2021. And no more relevant. Yeah, no more relevant is that than COVID, right? It was like, don't be like on Instagram. Hello. We're here with We're you. We're here for you. We're all in this together. It's like... Tell me that you donated to the food bank. Tell me that you're sanitizing my cart. Tell me that you're figuring out a way for your product to be delivered to my house. Like, don't be like, we're in this together (laughs) without any proof that you're actually there for me. Yeah. And we're going to be launching an episode after this episode from Podcast Camp. I go on a rant early in COVID being like how offensive it was for me from a brand that I was loyal to. to, They did exactly that repeatedly. We're here with you. Now, here's 30% off. And you're like, that's... And that's when you're like, you're not listening to me. You're not. So how do you get consumers in their minds to say, (laughs) you're listening to me, I love you, versus like, you're not listening to me, I'm moving on from you. Yeah. So uh, you got some examples? I have one killer example. Okay. Which I like because, you know, it's not all marketing people who listen to this podcast. So this is a very widely known example, I would say a famous example. But it comes from I like the background of this example. So Old Spice. (laughs) That's our example. As I was thinking about this, I'm like, what's best in class example of social listening or brand listening? I'm like, it's Old Spice. I'm like, I know that it was in 2010. I get it. But they did like it was such Ugh. a progressive thing that they I don't even feel like it, it was that long ago because it's so because progressive. It's, it's just it just rings true. And it, it was like game changing for the entire industry. Completely. So this is where it comes from. So. They talk about the grooming and personal care industry is obviously very saturated. It's very competitive. And it's kind of, it's very hard to differentiate too, right? You're walking down the aisle. There's Dove. There's this. There's that. Um, Hundreds of products. You can't decide what's right. um, And it boils down to kind of top of mind awareness. So which brand is in the top of your mind when you're going to buy it? That's kind of where it comes from. And as first to market, Old Spice invented body wash for men. So they were the category leader in creating body wash for men, but then obviously competition was quickly catching up. Sure. So they have over 70 years of experience in the personal care category, so they should know what's up. Old Spice is a seasoned player. They had an understanding of the market, but in 2006, they had lost significant market share. Um, and so they looked to Wyden and Kennedy, which is a um, – world-famous global advertising agency to help them stand out. And when Wyden and Kennedy was doing their research, probably talking to people and listening to what they had to say about their purchasing habits, they discovered that 70% of the people who were buying this stuff, it was women, it wasn't men. So they had to change. Because they Um, want their men to smell fine. Right? So, Or that they're just the primary shopper. So there's so many reasons. And this is when the Old Spice Man was born. So it was in 2010, they launched their highly successful Smells Like a Man Man campaign created by Wyden and Kennedy. And it was one of the most, um, I would say, famous or memorable creative campaigns of all time. Even people who aren't in the industry know what I'm talking about right now. Dare I, um, dare I say the D word? It was disruptive. I thought you were yeah. going to say disgusting. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so this first commercial um, started with Isaiah Mustafa saying, hello, ladies. So like they already kind of changed the tone knowing that, yes, the brand was for a male audience, but that it was female shoppers. And this commercial first launched on YouTube in February 2010 and then premiered on TV later. And it enabled Old Spice to capture 75% of the conversations in the category through social media, Twitter and Facebook. Um, but then the cool thing that happened after this as well. So this whole initiative started by listening to people and finding out who's actually buying it. And then what happened after this original commercial was that they continued to listen across platforms and asked people post questions, ask us anything. And they started creating these pieces of content in response to what consumers were actually saying on social. I think in the span of two days, they created 185 videos. That was um, unheard of. Yeah, it's almost unheard then. of now. Exactly. Yeah. Addressing um, all of these comments and questions and things that they had coming in from social. So a prime example of listening at its best and really finding that kind of deep insight in the way people are behaving that helps change the way that you show up in the category. And they never stopped. I think that's how it's like they made that only pivot. The they didn't, it wasn't just, oh, look at this. Look at this fun. Uh, what's the word? gimmick um it was so steeped in the pivot of we're going to start making this a part of how we go to market and listening is going to be key um because i look at it yeah we can look back and see all the wisdom in it but let's be honest when it first happened it was like what am i watching like it was hilarious yeah it was share worthy it was like look at me look at that horse like it was so over the top but think of things like Big decisions made, and I'd like to think, you know, as evolved a society we are, as I think 2020 showed, maybe not so much, but, you know, a black man appealing to the masses. Sadly, that wasn't done very often. Do you know what I mean? It, it, there was right. just so many things that were like, these steps they took were based on understanding, right? Whether it's demographic or, or you know, what do these women like? How do we attract them? How do we attract the woman but not offend the man? How do we make the, you know, because it was very appealing to guys. It was hilarious. It was almost like a farce of the mindset we're in when we decide to buy something that might smell better than the soap that I used to use, right? It was good. Yeah. Right? I like that. Yeah. Bravo, Old Spice. And if you're talking about top of mind awareness, like that's it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Love Listening it. at the heart. That's a good one. Great brand. Yeah, one of my favorites. A total pivot for the brand. Because before then, it was about maybe it was the fisherman on the boat wasn't working anymore. Because that's how the commercials were. It was the fisherman on the boat. And when he docks, his wife or his woman meets him there and hugs him. And it was like, well, does he smell like fish? Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Do you have any examples to share, Sean? What do you think? I do. I was looking at even like smaller ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do we do this? How do you show that you listen in different ways? Yeah. Um, and I wanted to pick two that were pre-COVID because I thought it's sort of like, yeah, this is really important now, but this has been going on and it doesn't take much. But I think what they both do is they show, and Lindsay, I think you said it last week, it was something like, if you're going to be ready, you need to know that you're going to be ready for when you're ready. Like it's, it's something to do with that, right? You talk about the Oreo cookie thing and it's like, look, it's not about that execution. It's the fact that they were ready to respond. Ready to, to be something. ready when they needed to be ready. 
<laughs> That's what it was. Thank you. So basically, actually, we'll put the link, but it, it's called noonlineadvertising.com, K-N-O-W. Um, they gave four examples of brands that listen to customer feedback. Um, and, you know, it starts by just saying it's refreshing to know when brands are listening to their customers. Too often we see tone deafness, and that's a term that Lindsay taught me. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to give her some credit there from oh, the executives. Thanks. So too often we see tone deafness from the executives at our favorite companies. Uh, right. Releasing a product that does nothing but meet a sales goal for the quarter, keeping quiet on issues, trending online, or just ignoring customer feedback entirely. So they talk about, here are some examples. Uh, Tesla, when the CEO used Twitter. So Tesla CEO Elon Musk is one of the most famous company executives on the planet. His role with Tesla and SpaceX makes him a rock star and real-life Tony Stark. And his social media personality matches his reputations. Musk is one of the few CEOs you can actually talk to on Twitter, and people do. One Tesla owner tweeted Musk with an idea for a steering wheel adjustment when the car is parked. Elon Musk liked it and made it a reality. And it was as simple as that. Like literally the post Love says, at Elon, you know, mention Elon Musk. Can you guys program the car once in park to move back the seat and raise the steering wheel? Steering wheel is wearing. And he replied with, same day. Good point. We will add that to all cars in one of the upcoming software releases. Booyah. And then you see, like, I think it's the guy's brother who has the same last name. And he goes, uh, can I have the option? Because that's not something I want. <laughs> like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I think another one that was really compelling was, they call it when Nike took a, a cultural stand. Um, they made big headlines in early July. I think this was 2017 when it recalled the release of shoes featuring the original Betsy Ross American flag on the back. Why? Because spokesperson and activist Colin Kaepernick addressed concerns that the, Bet that the Betsy Ross flag had racist connotations, so Nike canceled the sale of the shoe, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, so how is this listening to customer demands? Well, Kaepernick is more than just a customer. So again, being ready, they had chosen him. They had already chosen him in the controversy that he created to be a voice that really connected to their values, Right? Yeah. So when this happened, they took a step back in order to take two steps forward, right? Because actually there was a lot of controversy, as you can imagine, against the fact that they did that, that they took it off and they made a conscious choice to do so. They had the right kind of structure in place. They had already pivoted towards the things that were important to them and they made that call. Yeah. They story did. And I think that's a really good kind of Lady Gaga example of listening to what people are saying and then responding in a way that aligns to your values. It's not like you're going to jump on everything that everyone's talking about, but if you believe the same things that the people engaging with you believe, it makes sense for your brand to be able to make those decisions exactly. and changes. Yeah. And it just finishes off. I think it's a great statement. It says brands listen to customer feedback in many ways. Some of it blatantly direct, like Tesla, and other implied, like Nike. Either way, customers seem drawn to brands that show publicly that they understand what people are saying and what they want. Isn't that what you're talking about? Exactly, and I would say like the Tesla example, a lot of, it's not like other heads of companies don't wanna know what people are saying they're just busy. Like it kind of just comes down to like, we have other things going on, we're busy, but clearly it's part of Elon Musk's priorities and his values and his 
personal initiatives to be doing the listening and whether it's him actually tweeting or whether it's he has people who are bringing ideas to him there's that element of authenticity there and that this is one of his priorities as a leader of this company to make sure that people are being heard and that those great ideas are getting through because you never know if for instance it's something that you just didn't think about but I'll challenge you on the uh, being so forgiving to the executives, you know, they're too busy is, is that's their excuse, but there's a fear, right? And a fear we experienced early on when we were trying to get brands to start to engage on social media because it was a thing, that fear cannot happen anymore. Like you have to make those decisions to say, if you choose not to listen, if you choose not to engage on social media, uh, meaning, yeah, but if, if customers are talking about you and you choose not to listen, you will be fucked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and what do you think the fear is? What's a fear of? Change. It's that pivot we're talking about. The time is nigh. You're going to have to start shifting where you invest in marketing. And listening is much more than just an action. It is a practice. It is a practice that is key to becoming a customer-centric company. And across the board, all the analysts, all the strategists, business are saying this is where the change is happening now. You have to put the customer first. So if you choose not to listen, that's my point is, I don't think a lot of the companies have made that true strategic shift to saying, we got to do things differently and we got to stop spending our dollars on this, this, and this. And what are we going to do to put our money where our mouth is as an organization? Yeah, I totally agree. Um. There was just something I saw, um, I think it was an Accenture article, again, we'll put the link, but it, it brought up this thing called the three lenses for creating good brand experiences in uncertain times. So it's much more mm. timely. Yeah. Uh, and it just says almost overnight, COVID-19 has upended both the customer experience we want to create and the ways in which we go about creating them. This radical change demands radical thinking and a coherent plan to act on it. Point you know, case in point. And they just give three things. They, it's like a three-step process. It's just, you know, empathize is the practice. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this of gaining. That's how you, the, the way you empathize is by, is gaining a deep understanding of customer needs to inform your strategy. Um, the next step is to adapt. So based on what you're hearing, how are you going to adapt your business and your strategy to, to respond to what they're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And last but not least, reinvent. So then you have that information, you've kind of understood what it is you're going to do. So now you have to, what areas of your organization do you have to reinvent the way you do things? Yeah. Um, and and so we we show examples like you, you did with the, the uh, um, Irish Spring? No, what's it? I'm sorry. That's really bad top of mind awareness. <laughs> Old Spice. Um, yeah, with I can't Old Spice. even keep a top of mind with you for five seconds during a podcast. I will take it out. That's just my age. Don't don't judge me. So so you reinvent, and we're looking at you know reinvention over the decade. That's now. See what they did way ahead of the curve, brand. You have to do now, or else. Right. Um, so I just really like that I would three even, step. I love the three steps. I would even say. You can't even start the first phase of empathizing or empathy no. if you haven't listened. So the first step is listening. That's Second exactly step it. Is empathy. Well, I think 
listening is part of empathize. So the idea is like the action that you take. So listening will lead to being empathetic. Being empathetic will lead. You're totally right. But I think it's the the three steps is listening is part of the empathizing practice. Because anyone who empathizes, it's what they, it's just part of it. I guess it's the idea of listen, why are you listening? Right? Because some would argue, yeah. well, data is listening. Getting the data and watching is, is understanding what our consumers do. It's like, no, listening starts at a point of for the means of truly understanding you, them. So you decide, like Lady Gaga do, did, that I'm going to, in order to empathize, she's always empathizing and, and listening and adapting, that that's yeah. where listening is the spark. I just think it's an important distinction to make is that yeah. you can't necessarily just get third party random research and say that's you're listening and you're going to empathize with that. It's about getting to the deeper source and sense of why, which is paying attention to what you're empathizing with. And you have to empathize with true consumer deep insights, which is where the listening comes in. Are you done? No. <laughs> yeah. I want Julie them to noted. rewrite that article with listening <laughs> as step one. Okay. And I will not rest. Duly noted. <laughs> well, listen up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, listen up. Listen That's up, Brand. Say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our final takeaway take the time to listen, it will get you far. Do you think you got that through? I hope so. We'll see. It's been great. Thank you for bringing this topic. Thanks for getting all fired up. You're welcome. Thanks for bringing you the great examples as well. Really fun chat. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, Lindsay. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca. That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I, I would prefer Wise Guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not, we're not doing that.